Welcome to SLP Happy Hour. We are a podcast for SLPs with big hearts who are looking for ways to improve the lives of ourselves and the humans we work with. In this podcast, we discuss habit change, realistic things we're trying to do to make our home and work lives happier and healthier. We also share specific how-tos so you can leave feeling confident about working with your clients. These are 10 easy lessons or possibly lazy lessons, as we like to call them, which are really efficient lessons, I might add, that you can use right now for your caseload. These ideas span social language, articulation, language, and more. We'll also reinstate some of your favorite segments in today's episode, including some SLP wisdom. I'm Sari Wu. And I'm Sarah Lockhart. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank all of our sponsors for today's show. They made this show happen. That's right. And SLP Now is one of our sponsors. SLP Now provides you with tons of materials for your pediatric caseload at the click of a button with monthly memberships. And you can find out more about SLP Now at slpnow.com happy. Now it's time to get started. I'm so excited for this show. So let's make it happen. So today, we are both ready to share some easy lessons with you. Some of them are lessons that we use ourselves, Mm -hmm. and some are lessons that our friends have shared with us. We have a collection of lazy lessons for you to hear today. And just a reminder that when we say that term, we really mean that these are simple lessons that will be quick to implement, hit on your students' learning targets, and not take a lot of effort to pull off. The other name for lazy lesson is efficient lesson. So the first idea is something that I got this idea from, I believe, language and lattes, lattes and language on Instagram, but it is a YouTube video and it's all about how they photograph food for food commercials and food advertisements. Like, Sari, do you know what they use when they need to photograph ice cream or make a video of ice cream because ice cream melts. Right. They need some place cold to do it. Yeah. No, they use mashed potatoes with an ice cream scoop. So it's all sorts of really crazy things that are super fun and super interesting. Um, (laughs) Another little fact, I I can't stop myself now. Um, So syrup will soak into the pancakes. Uh So do you have any guesses for what they use instead of syrup? It's pretty disgusting. Oh, I don't know. Motor oil. Oh, that's so gross. Oh, okay. So (laughs) we watched the YouTube video, and I'm totally going to link it up in the show notes. And I really target expanded sentences. So, for example, I might model, they use motor oil because syrup will soak into the pancakes, right? Mm-hmm. Or they use mashed potatoes because, or since, you know, the the ice cream would melt. Uh, so it's good for cause and effect and describing as well. So that's my first easy lesson of the day. Have you ever tried anything like that, Sari? Would your kids be into it? Oh, they would be totally into it. I'm going to use that. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I really just pause the video. We talk about it. And then we work on expanded sentences and describing mm. So next up, since we're on YouTube already, uh, Orny the Pig is a (laughs) wordless video. So I love wordless videos because even kiddos with language impairments can understand what's happening. And I really target creating complete sentences, using conjunctions, describing. Um, Have you seen the Orny the Pig video? I have not. Okay, so there's two YouTube lessons for you. All right. 
Um, okay, so this one is actually not from us. It's from Hallie of Speech Time Fun. And she shares one of her favorite lazy lessons, which is to write some words on a table using a dry erase marker. And then she'll grab a wind-up toy. She'll wind it up and see where the toy lands, what word it lands next to. And the students can do whatever goal they have with that word, whether it be describing, using it in a sentence, naming the category, asking a question, etc. I love, love, love that lesson. Yeah, and you know, Hallie writes with dry erase marker on her table mm-hmm. all the time, and um, apparently it just erases, so I need to try that. I know. My kids would be totally into it. First, they'd be shocked, and then they would mm-hmm. love it. So another easy lesson to implement is a magnetic fishing pole. Um, there's one that Sarah has from her bug puzzle, but I've done it before where I've just tied a magnet to a string. And then you put paper clips on your target cards or on pieces of paper with words on it. And this could be verbs, it could be arctic, whatever you need. And then you go fishing. Super easy, super fun. Yeah, if you already have cards that have your targets on them that you're using, instead of playing like um, the card game for the millionth time, this is a really fun way to mix Mm -hmm. it up. So next up, I have... From Allison Fors, and I will link to this on our show notes. She has Pinterest boards with so many ideas, but I'm just going to chat about one of the ideas, which is an emotions candy land. Hmm. So you pull out the game, and each color on candy land is an emotion. So when it's your turn, you can explain the emotion, say a time you felt it, or a pretend scenario when you might feel it. Like let's say um, brown is anger or orange is frustrated. I don't even know if there's brown in Candyland. So let's say orange (laughs) is frustrated. You could say, when I feel frustrated, my breathing gets fast, or I feel frustrated when my sister doesn't share toys. So also just the organization of pinning for speech therapy makes finding ideas super easy. So I'm not on Pinterest much for therapy ideas, but there are a ton of ideas out there. But if you want just one, Try Emotions Candyland, and you can sort of make it up as you go with different colors being different emotions. So next up, we have an idea from the Type B SLP from Abby. So she has a game for articulation and especially doing the sort of carryover phase and having students judge their own production. So the game is called Playing SLP. And there's two sticky notes. You draw a red circle on one and a green circle on the other. You place them across the room and you can let students pick where they want each sticky. And then she explains red circle means a misproduction of the target sound. And then she lets the student play the teacher, the SLP, and she does some auditory discrimination tasks. So if a student says wed or if she says wed, They would say if it's a red or a green. And if it's red, I love that she does this. She'll say to the student, teach me how to fix it. And they'll have to describe how to do a correct Mm, production. I love that. Um, Okay, so the next one's a classic SLP game uh, to use bingo chips and the magnetic wand for any type of activity where you have target words. I use this a lot with Arctic. And they can earn the chips and then they collect them with the magnetic wand. If you don't have chipper chat, which comes with this kit, plus these little token cards that go with it, you can find those both online on Amazon. And um, 
it's a little bit more affordable. Our eighth lesson is also from the Type B SLP Abby. Um, this is for, she uses it for interme- intermediate grade levels, fourth and fifth grade students who are working on character traits and synonyms. Um, she places five to six sticky notes around the room with simple, basic character traits written on them, such as sad, rude, etc. And then she'll set a timer, and the students have to go around the room and write a character trait synonym for each trait on the post-it note. So they might choose to write disappointed and sad. Uh, and then they compete to see how many they can get all together at the end of the timer. So if we're first learning about character traits, um, she might let them use the list that they've compiled together previously of all the different traits split by positive and negative traits. And it helps them to start to associate the traits with good and bad, which she has noticed is a little easier for the kiddos um, when they have to dissect them within a grade level text, especially with the rigor and pace that they're required to move right now. And our last two easy lessons are social lessons. I don't know about you, Sari, but I feel like if I'm ever looking for a creative new idea, it's going to be a social skills lesson. Mm. I always need more social lessons. So this one is on YouTube. It's called Overreaction Man. So this I found from um, the Mind in the Mouth on Instagram, and it's really good to teach students the size of the problem. So... Of course, if you're going to find an overreaction man video, you need to preview it ahead of time. But one of the ones is he's checking out a movie um, and he looks up and his friend isn't there. And he completely like starts screaming and crying. And I I think he throws himself down on the floor because he can't find his friend. Um, So it's really funny for kids to see adults (laughs) having these, um, you know, big reactions to small problems. Mm. And it's a really great way to make it relatable and to start talking about having big reactions to small problems without making it so personal that the student feels like they're personally being criticized. So I really like those. And then the next is something I've been doing for years that I really enjoy. So for social skills, we will draw comic strip conversations I really, truly just use a blank piece of paper and I'll choose, um, usually I start with one small problem and then later I'll do one bigger problem and we will draw out a comic strip conversation for if the student or the child in the comic strip had an appropriately sized reaction. So one of the comic strip conversations I did this week was what happens if you forget your homework? So in one of the comic strips on one of the pages, the student had an overreaction, a really big reaction. And for another comic strip, the student had the size of reaction that would match the problem. So that's a great way to then expand on those and talk about how other people's perceptions of you will change based on your behavior. Mm. So again, all you need is a sheet of paper. So we hope those 10 easy lessons gave you plenty of ideas for things you can do right now with your students. That's right. When it comes to lessons, the easier the better. Spending more time on a lesson or spending more money doesn't necessarily make it any better. We love easy lessons because they don't take a lot of time to prep, they don't take a lot of time to use, and clean up 
for afterwards during our already busy days. I know that I'm excited to try that wind-up toy activity with the words on the table written with a dry erase marker. That sounds like fun. They Mm -hmm. all do. And sharing these lazy lessons is one of my favorite things to do on the podcast, so if you try them out, let us know how it goes. Up next, we share some SLP wisdom that'll help you out when you start to doubt your SLP abilities. We all do it, but first up, an ad break. Everyday Speech is sponsoring this episode. Everyday Speech provides a huge online library of social skills materials, including social skills videos, interactive web games, and hundreds of printable activity packets. Everyday Speech has materials for working on conversation skills, problem solving, self-regulation, and even more skills that our kiddos work with on a daily basis. With a huge library of materials and new materials being added every month, there's something for everyone. The best part is all their materials are no prep, so you've got hundreds of instant lessons ready to go. All you have to do is press play. With their advanced searching and filtering, all it takes is a couple of clicks to find the perfect material for your next session. You can get a no-obligation 30-day free trial, so you can try it out and see if it's a fit. And listeners get 10% off their first year by visiting everydayspeech.com happy. That's everydayspeech.com slash happy for a 30-day free trial and 10% off your first year. Running your own practice has its share of challenges and there never seems like there's enough time to get everything done that needs to be done. Administrative tasks are necessary, but so time-consuming. Imagine streamlining that admin work that can take up so much of your time every day. With simple practice, you can automate client reminders to help your clients avoid missing appointments, set up auto pay and easily file insurance claims. Perfect for pediatrics and adults, simple practice lets you access all of your information in one place, saving you time. Simple practice is mobile friendly and works with any laptop or tablet. The mobile app makes seeing clients and documenting sessions seamless and easy and their secure client portal gives your clients the ability to complete intake forms, view invoices, and make payments completely paperless, saving them time. Haven't you been waiting for something like this long enough? Visit paperlessslp.com and get started today with a 30-day free trial and run your practice the simple way. Simple practice for SLPs, it's about time. And we're back with some SLP wisdom, where we share advice that has changed our home or work worlds for the better. This episode's advice is aimed at being a quick pick-me-up for times when imposter syndrome sets in. So imposter syndrome, as I'm sure a lot of you know, is that sense that we are pretending to be the experts when we don't really feel that we are. Yeah, or good enough. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so here's the advice. To ask yourself, how would I behave if I was the best in the world at what I did? And the reason this is significant is that sometimes when we doubt ourselves, we can become flustered. We might not know what to do next. But by thinking about how would I behave if I was the best in the world at what I did. I feel like it gives us both confidence 
and clarity moving forward. Mm -hmm. Don't let your self-doubt sink in right now and be like, well, I'm not the best. Start thinking about what you would do if you were the best. Because when I think about this, I think the confidence in knowing that I was the best would overall change my whole approach for how I interacted with people. Yeah. And this is kind of a, a take on, so another way of saying this could be like, fake it till you make it. But I really don't like that one because mm. I don't like the idea of faking anything. So I would much rather think, how would I behave if I was the best in the world at what I did? So how would I behave at a contentious IEP meeting if I was the best in the world at what I did? I would keep moving along. Or if we got to a stopping point, I would schedule a meet back date and pause the meeting. Or, you know, how would I behave during fluency sessions if I was the best in the world at what I did? Or how would I how would I behave in toddler sessions if I was the best in the world at what I did? So I think that self-doubt can cloud our actions sometimes. So just moving forward um, as if we are the best at what we do for me at least is so empowering. And it doesn't mean that I don't research or brainstorm with other professionals. We all do that. But it does mean getting rid of that unproductive self-doubt and moving forward in providing excellent service to my students and clients. It also doesn't mean that when you don't know the answer, you pretend that you do. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that at <laughs> right. all, right? I'd hate to think that uh, we or myself personally am getting in my own way of being successful by doubting my own ability. Just to restate what you just shared, Sarah, thinking about what we as SLPs would do different if we were the best in the world at our jobs, for most of us, I think that means a boost in confidence. That would impact our therapy, our meetings, and all of our interactions because we know that we're the best. And that feeling of confidence may be holding us back from doing our jobs the way that we would be if we knew we were the best in the world. So empower yourself with that boost of confidence. Think about what you would do different if you were the best, and then why not do it? Mm -hmm. And you might even get some good ideas in that situation, like, who, you know, if I was the best, if I was the best in the world at what I did, what would I do right now? And I love that for when you're just not quite sure how to Mm -hmm. move forward. So as this week progresses, ask yourself the question, what would you do if you were the best in the world at what you did? Take action and let us know how it goes. Up next, this is one of our favorites and our listeners favorite, and it's a segment called a self-care challenge. In this segment, we share something that we've tried that has improved our work or home life. And up this week, Sari is going to share a tip that'll get you out of your comfort zone. Yes, that's right. Today's challenge is to learn something new. I recently attended a training on trauma-informed care in schools, and the presenter, Kristen Sowers, reviewed the 10 things that our brain need including to be challenged. She called it healthy stress. And reflecting on that, I realized that it's a lot easier for us as SLPs to challenge children or clients in this way, but much more difficult at times for us to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves in this aspect. How do we try something new that stretches our limits or challenges us just a little? This could be trying to do a Sudoku puzzle for the first time, learning to knit, taking a community class on any topic that you're interested in. Within the SLP realm, it could be 
going to a training on an SLP area of the field that you don't know a lot about. Whatever it is, my challenge is to challenge yourself to learn something new. This is great. And I read an article this week, actually, in the Wall Street Journal. And it's about, it's called, I I think it's called Using Fear to Break Out of a Funk. Mm -hmm. And I will link to it in the show notes. But it's suggesting (laughs) to do these super scary things like deep sea diving in super cold water (laughs) or the interactive Halloween houses. What are they called, Sari? I've only done (laughs) one in my... houses where they come jump out and scare you. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) they talk about doing that to break out of a funk, but I think that we're taking a more reasonable, (laughs) less terrifying approach. So let's say that we're talking about challenges and healthy stress. Mm -hmm. So for me, it might be writing an evaluation report and really trying to figure out a learner or working with a challenging disorder area that I have to learn a lot about, where I think we've gotten plenty of healthy stress just from this podcast, learning new things to do Mm -hmm. for this podcast, like editing or how to do an RSS feed or post show notes. So um, like last weekend, I spent three hours just figuring out, it's probably more like four or five, um, how to get a pop-up on our website so you could sign up for our newsletter and then how to have that linked to a freebie, which is the community building workbook I made. So anyway, for me, that's healthy stress, unlike deep sea diving. So how about you? <laughs> uh, for me, um, you know, it, I'm constantly learning how to improve my editing of this podcast. And I've just downloaded some new editing software that I'm going to be learning how to use. I kind of geek out on some of that stuff, as you know, Sarah. So that will be fun and healthy stress and a new challenge for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's commit to doing one thing that just mildly freaks us out. So none of us are like going deep sea diving in icy cold water or bungee jumping for now. Um, So I'd say I do quite a few outdoor adventures that would fit the bill. So my challenge to myself is to challenge myself a bit more during my next snowshoe trip. Maybe get out of my comfort zone there. Um, How about you? Well, I've always wanted to learn the harmonica. And I feel like that's kind of a random choice, but there you have it. So my challenge to myself, and maybe it's not like a huge freak me out thing, but it's to learn one complete song and, or maybe two. And uh, you guys may be able to expect a new intro outro theme to our podcast. It better be good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it's a plan. Sari will learn the harmonica and I will face the fear and do it anyway with my next snowshoe adventure. (laughs) And you listening will all help keep us accountable. So next up, Sari and I share some things that are going well and not so well in our worlds. But first up, an ad break. As SLPs, we know that reading research articles is time-consuming. One thing that's helped me is my membership to the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP is an advertiser on this podcast, but I pay for my own membership because it's so helpful. Let the Informed SLP help you by doing the research for you. They search all the top SLP journals every month looking for articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice, and they provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. 
You can join by going to theinformedslp.com and you'll get 50% off your first three months with the code SLPHAPPYHOUR. And we are back with What's Up and What's Down, a segment that is just like it sounds. We share something that's going well or not so well in our work or home lives. And we are going to do rock, paper, scissors this time around. We usually try and trade off, but it's been a while since we did this segment, so we don't remember who was last. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Winner gets what's up. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors. All right, I won. I get what's up. Okay. Okay, so what's up is, uh, for me, is that spring break is going to happen at the end of this month, and I am going to Japan. And that is, so I do think that everyone needs a light at the end of the tunnel to look forward to, and it doesn't have to be a big trip. It could be something simple, like a nice quiet dinner at home, a bowl of ice cream, whatever it is. A dinner of a bowl of ice cream would be even better. My family likes to do breakfast for dinner sometimes, so pancakes for dinner (laughs) is always a fun one to look forward to. Do you put motor oil on that? I do not put motor oil on that. (laughs) Um, but for me right now it is a big uh, light at the end of the tunnel to look forward to this trip to Japan and I can't wait to share more about it when we get to go all right and I've got what's up what's down I wish I had what's up um and by the way I was scissors and sorry was a rock we forgot to say that and she crushed me (laughs) uh all right so for me you know I'm such a I like to solve problems. Sari, I think we're both like that. We're mm-hmm. like problem solvers. We don't I we don't get too bogged down most of the time. Um <laughs> we're just like, what do we do next? Yep. So for me, it's knowing that I want to switch some things around professionally, um, make streamline some things, make them simpler, make them easier, make a stronger process for several things that I'm doing at work. Um, but not knowing how to get from here to there, if that makes sense, Mm and um, kind of which route I should take or how exactly to simplify it or how exactly to systematize it. So I'm still working on that. So it's just that time where you know something needs to change, but you also know you need more information before you actually change it Mm -hmm. and you haven't stumbled upon the right idea so it can be frustrating because you know I want it changed and I want it changed now but also you know I am willing to wait because I haven't quite figured out how to do it right it's uh, the process of problem solving can be exhausting and even sometimes when you know you have a reasonable solution but it involves letting something go you're reluctant to let go that can be hard too yeah so I'll let you know how it goes once I've figured out what exactly I'm doing. And for now, that's the show. That's this episode of SLP Happy Hour. Remember our 10 lazy lessons from the show. If you want a written list, we will probably send a copy out to our newsletter. I just need to remember. Uh, And you can get on the list by following the link in the show notes or going to slphappyhour.com. And if you try out any of today's lazy lessons... Use the hashtag SLPLazyLesson on social media. We'd love to see them. This week, don't forget to consider our SLP wisdom and reflect on what you would do differently 
if you are the best at your job? And can you rise to this episode's self-care challenge? We challenged you to challenge yourself and learn something new. We hope you found this episode helpful, informative, and that you learned something along the way. By sharing our experiences with each other, we can all become stronger members of this SLP community and become more forgiving of ourselves. If you learned something new from this episode, please share it with a friend. Make sure you are subscribed and please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we love it when you take a selfie of you listening in and maybe even something you learned and post it on social media. Make sure to tag us. We'd love to see it. But if you do only one thing, rate or review us. We'll have a direct link in the show notes and it makes a huge difference for us and it's the number one way that you can help us out. You can find out more about us on our website at slphappyhour.com or on social media as slphappyhour. We hope this episode was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We enjoyed recording it. Until next time, this has been SLP Happy Hour. Next, we'll share some SLP wisdom that'll help when you start to doubt your SLP. Up next, we'll share. (laughs) Up. (laughs) The later in the day, the more bloopers. I know. Up next. (laughs) I was like, think about something serious. Okay.